One of the greatest of all time went home last weekend. Future Hall of Fame quarterback Tom Brady returned to Foxborough, Massachusetts. After two decades as the face of the New England Patriots, the superstar has now beaten them. Tampa Bay's 19-17 victory Sunday night was Brady's 135th win at Gillette Stadium. But it was his first as an opposing player. What's more, during the game, he became the National Football League's all-time leader in passing yards. And he became only the fourth quarterback in history to beat all 32 NFL teams at least once. Add to this his seven Super Bowl rings, and the 44-year-old has achieved everything a football player could ever dream of. But there's a far better homecoming awaiting God's children. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and on this Wednesday... We're traveling through a series called Your God, My God. In other words, we're looking at the gospel according to Ruth. Christians are people of grace. We are redeemed by grace. And we also live by the grace of God. But what does that mean exactly? How should we think of grace? And should we ever doubt our gracious Lord? Well, there are few more beautiful pictures of grace than the book of Ruth. And when you get a good grasp on what's going on in that short document included in the Bible, you'll see Jesus and his glorious gospel in a whole new light. His grace, God's grace, is amazing, like we've sung again and again, and he is also faithful. Won't you join me as we see the gospel according to Ruth? All this week, we've seen how the story of Ruth begins with judgment, famine, sin, and death. It's the kind of beginning that makes you wonder if we even want to read the rest of it. After all, how can this end well? What will happen to Naomi and Ruth? Well, yesterday, we saw how God is faithful. He provided food for his people. He brought the widows safely to Bethlehem and he led Ruth right into Boaz's field. And now today, we'll learn more about their growing relationship and how it was used by the Lord to protect Ruth, but also to bring the coming Messiah to the world. It's full of God's amazing grace, and I can't wait to share it with you. And speaking of grace, I want you to enjoy the incredible story of Lee Strobel's life. It's called The Case for Christ. This feature film follows his unique story of coming to faith, even as he tried to destroy the faith of his newly converted wife. In some ways, it's like a modern-day detective movie. But in the end, Jesus gets his man, Lee Strobel himself. And let me suggest that this is a very helpful DVD to share with skeptical family and friends to start conversations about Jesus. So after this program... Why don't you call us? Would you make a generous gift? And we'll send you a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. And let us know if you'd like to make an extra gift to send a copy directly to a skeptical friend or family member. Here's the number for after the program. 800 6 
800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch more from the movie and make your gift on our website at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now, let's get started with the program with Sarah Groves. Classic song, originally by Keith Green, only sung for us by Sarah Groves. There is a Redeemer here on this haven today. Your God, my God. 
As I said when we started the program together, there are few more beautiful pictures of grace than the book of Ruth. And the more you read it, the more you study it, the more you see Jesus and his gospel at work, even back in the Old Testament. But the story of Ruth begins with judgment, doesn't it? It's a heavy read, with sin and death so prevalent. We wonder how Naomi and Ruth will find any security and happiness. But God loves to show his faithfulness in these kinds of situations. He ultimately provided food to his people, and he brought those two widows safely to Bethlehem. And as we saw yesterday, the Lord led Ruth right to the field of Boaz. And that's where I want to pick up the story today. Won't you ponder with me for a moment, what is grace? I said a few minutes ago that Christians are people of grace. We talk about it. We sing about it. We gather together to worship our Lord because of grace. We read about it in his word. But what does grace mean? Is it just Christianese, a language we flippantly use but don't really understand or take to heart? Well, the story of Ruth and Boaz can help us here. In Ruth 2.2, we read, And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. That last word is what grace is, favor. Boaz and Ruth are on completely different ends of the social spectrum. Boaz was a rich Hebrew male. And Ruth was a poor Moabite female and a widow to boot. In that time and place, it would have been difficult to think of two people who were more opposite. It's like the difference between a millionaire and someone who's homeless. But Boaz recognized that they were equals before Yahweh, Almighty God. They are part of the same spiritual family, the people of Yahweh. And Ruth found favor in his eyes. Or to put it another way, Boaz was merciful and gracious to Ruth. Now, isn't that a beautiful picture of how Jesus is when it comes to us? Boaz could have been like the Pharisee in Luke 18. He could have prayed, Lord, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this Moabitess. But he didn't. And maybe part of the reason is his own family history. You see, in Matthew 1, we're given the genealogy of Jesus. And in verse 5, we read these words, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. The mother of Boaz was Rahab, the Canaanite prostitute. The woman who hid those spies in Jericho, she converted to Yahweh, just like Ruth did. And she became one of God's people. Boaz himself was evidence that God's grace extends to those we would never expect. Boaz himself received grace from the Lord. And so he could turn around and be merciful and gracious to Ruth. Both Ruth and Boaz had found refuge under the wings of the God of Israel. And what does Boaz say to Ruth when he finds out who she is? My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. 
Watch the field where the men are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. Not only that, but Boaz let Ruth glean among the sheaves. She was allowed to go into the fields and pick the best of the best. That never happened. The poor were allowed to glean. That's in the Old Testament law. But what they gleaned was the leftovers. In other words, the scraps, but not Ruth. And this is grace at work. And we read that when Ruth threshed the barley she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah, and an ephah was an ancient measurement that weighed about 30 pounds. Think about that. 30 pounds of barley in a single day? All of this food for two women, two helpless widows? Isn't that exactly what Jesus does for us? Not only is he gracious, not only does he give us what we don't deserve, but he gives us so much grace that we can't even use it all. This is what Paul said in Romans 5.20, where sin increased, grace increased all the more, where grace abounded. Ruth was completely helpless, a homeless widow without any sons. She had no land, no crops, no expectation of anything more than one day's worth of food. But what did she get? Far more than she needed. What about us? You and I, left to ourselves, are nothing but helpless, sinful people. We don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve everlasting life. We don't even deserve the breath that we take next. Yet what does our Lord give us? Everything. This is grace. This is Hesed. And there's something else. Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz is our close relative. He is one of our guardian or kinsman redeemers. But what does that mean? Well, a guardian redeemer was a protector from your own clan. And one of the duties of the kinsman redeemer was to marry a sonless widow of a family member. You read about that in Deuteronomy 25. This was put in place to be a safety net for the most vulnerable people in that society. Those women who were widowed and didn't have any sons to rely on for protection and financial support. And so the Lord led Ruth right into that field owned by her protector and the man who became her provider. Isn't that a merciful God? This isn't how we expected the story to go when we read the first chapter, is it? From sin, judgment, death to this? What a story! And it gets even better. And at the beginning of chapter 3, we read these words. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find a home for you, where you will be well provided for. Naomi thought she had been left empty by the Lord, but it seems she had come to realize Ruth's kindness and faithfulness to her. And so now she wanted to provide for Ruth. But how could she do that? By getting her together with Boaz. And tomorrow we'll think more about this unexpected but beautiful love story. But for today, we need to focus on hope 
And that's where this story has taken us, from despair and grief to confidence for the future. Hope for a husband, children, even security. And unknown to Naomi, Ruth, or even Boaz, hope for the entire world. The Savior was coming. The King of Kings would win the victory. And without the marriage of Ruth and Boaz, the big story of the Bible would not have a happy ending. At Haven Today, we rejoice in telling this great story that's all about Jesus. But without this shorter story, that great story would never have reached the end. The book of Ruth shows us Hesed. There is faithfulness everywhere we look in these four chapters. There's Hesed from Ruth to her dead husband and Naomi. She didn't abandon her mother-in-law. Instead, she provided for them both by gleaning in a hot, dusty field from morning to nightfall, and she sought to marry Boaz, as we will see. This gave her dead husband a son, an heir, to carry on the family name. We see Hesed from Boaz to Ruth, Naomi, and his clan. He didn't abandon these two widows. Instead, he provided for and protected them in unbelievable ways. He showed them the love of Yahweh that he and his mother had experienced. And he didn't abandon his clan, even though members of his clan had abandoned the promised land and fled to Moab. And then ultimately, this was Hesed from the Lord to this family and to all of his people. This is grace. The Lord provided for Ruth and Naomi. And as we'll see, he paved the way for the king after his own heart. In the time of the judges, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. But God would soon give his people a king to deliver them from their enemies and lead them to righteousness. And David's ultimate son would be far greater. Boaz would save Ruth and Naomi from poverty and shame. David would rescue Israel from the Philistines. But Jesus, we're told, will save his people from their sins. That's grace. That's hesed. And this is the gospel. Let's take a moment to pray. Lord, we all love a good story. Love stories are even better. And here we've had more of this love story that takes place in the book of Ruth. The story that ultimately leads us to David, who ultimately leads us to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Fill our hearts with grace, Lord. May we be filled with the love of our Savior. And may those we know who don't know you come to faith in Christ soon. We pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Faithful, forever you faithful, Father to the fatherless. You uphold the one who feels forsaken. You are faithful, God. i
Tomlin from his album and if our God is for us that was a song called faithful here on this haven today one thing stands out about Ruth she was cut off from the promises of God a total outsider but God brought her to himself and that's why this is an amazing gospel story he redeemed her he made her his own And all of us who have come to know Jesus understand this. We were all outsiders. And that's exactly the story that Lee Strobel wanted to share in his movie. He wasn't seeking God. In fact, he was seeking to destroy the idea of God. But through the work of the Holy Spirit, you'll see how he answered all of Lee's doubts and came to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord. The movie is called The Case for Christ. And I want to send you the DVD for your gift to this ministry. You'll enjoy watching it, Lee's spiritual journey to Christ. But it's also a great movie to share with skeptics, family and friends alike. Invite them over, pop some corn, serve some soft drinks, do it on a Friday night or whenever you can. Tell them you want to watch a movie with them and you want to talk about it afterwards. Pray that the Lord will open doors to talk with them about your Savior. Why don't you call us right now? And here's the number to call, 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Make a gift to get the DVD for yourself. Make another gift to send another copy to someone you love and needs to see this movie. We can do that for your generosity. We can ship it directly to them. And you can also give by visiting our website at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, watch the movie trailer and check out the extended interview I did with Lee on our Great Stories podcast. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Thursday we'll share together the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. It's a good thing to read the New Testament, always in light of the Gospels. Many times what the letters tell us to do, Jesus has already done. Bearing one another's burdens was Christ's idea before it was Paul's. Laying down personal rights for the sake of others, Jesus did that first. Humbling ourselves before the Lord, that was Jesus' entire ministry. So when we hear the Apostle Paul tell us to weep with those who weep in Romans 12, 15, we don't need to look far to see Jesus. John 11, Jesus wept, his friend had died. Luke 19, Jesus wept, Jerusalem was suffering. The things we do are shaped by him and rooted in his very, very deep love. Let Anchor Devotional help you spend more time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.